0: On the screen, church, you'll see uh, what I found out this past week. is a pretty iconic photograph. In 1966, England won the World Cup. The gentleman in the old-time soccer uniform's his name is Bobby Moore, Captain Bobby Moore. his captain of the soccer team. After this event took place, he was asked about this iconic photo where he got to Meet the Queen of England. She's holding the World Cup there. She's going to present it to him. After this took place, some reporters asked him about the moment, and they said, what did you feel in that moment when you're about to meet the Queen? And he said, honestly, I was pretty nervous. He said, not so much nervous about the moment, but in that moment I realized she was wearing these beautiful, pristine, white gloves, and I had just played a soccer match and I looked down and I was filthy. My shorts were dirty, my, my jersey was dirty, and my hands were dirty. He said, from, from the floor to the top were 39 stairs. I counted each one of them and as I was climbing the stairs, I, I, I frantically tried to clean my hands because I knew I was dirty and I didn't want to make her white gloves dirty. You see, we've all been there in that moment. We've all been dirty, whether it's through uh, fun activities or, or work. We know what it is to be dirty, like externally. But but I think there's a sense of the word dirty that affects the inside. We oftentimes feel dirty on the inside, don't we? And if we were to give that feeling, that feeling of being dirty on the inside a name, I think the name would be shame. Has anybody in this room ever felt shame? Yeah, we've been there, right? Along our journey, we are going to feel shame from time to time. These thoughts, these emotions, they're going to creep up, and we're going to be filled with shame. There's going to be a phrase on the screen And this is why we feel shame as a child of God. It says, Satan loves to bring up our past because he can't control our future. Satan loves to bring up our past. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, you know where your eternity lies. You have victory over sin. Satan can't control that. But what he can do is make you feel bad about your past. Whenever he wants Luke to feel shame... He brings up Luke's past. And believe me, I've got a past. I'm thankful I'm not what I once was, but Lord is still working on me. Amen? He, he brings up my past shame. Whenever Satan wants me to feel shame, he makes me think about my sin. Whenever Satan wants me to feel the emotion shame, he makes me think that I've not been forgiven. That's what he does. He's the great deceiver. You see, he can't control your eternity. God's got that. But he can make you think about your past. He can bring up the emotion of shame. Chances are, we've all been there. But you see, all these things that I mentioned, my, my sin, my, my shame, my, my past, like Christ died for all that. He took care of all of that. But we are still faced with this emotion Of shame it still creeps into our life we're of the flesh here on this earth and we're gonna think about the things that we've done and we feel shame so how does this shame make us feel how does shame make us feel I think scripture has some pretty good illustrations of this emotion of shame but if we're honest shame is a weird emotion is it not it can be so isolating so weird. It just makes you feel ugh. Let's take a look at the Gospels. Let's go to Mark chapter one. And let's talk about somebody who I feel like knew very well this word called shame. Mark chapter one. We're going to look at 40 through 42. It says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. He says, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I'm willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. If you've been in church for a while, you're raised here, I just remember the story of the lepers growing up. like They just stuck with me. And it's been said of those with this uncurable disease, you know, their bodies were to be covered in sores. It was a slow, debilitating disease that would ultimately kill them, but it was highly contagious. And they were forced to live in isolation. If they were to come out in society, they had to shout, unclean. How shameful is that? So for you and I, when Satan brings up our past, when Satan brings up our sin and this emotion of shame overtakes us, we often feel much like the leper. We feel unclean. Or even beyond that, we may feel even contagious, toxic, dirty. That's the way our shame makes us feel. You see, that's the way Satan wants to keep you. He knows that you've been forgiven. He knows that you're going to have eternity in heaven. But right here and in the now, he's going to make you think you're not saved. You're not clean. He's going to fill your heart with this emotion called shame. And I believe this guy understood exactly that emotion. It's a terrible feeling. Shame is a horrific effect of sin. Here's what I know about sin. When we sin... And we know that we've been made right with Jesus. We feel shame, don't we? Because we know we've messed up. So more times than not, the shame that we feel is because of our sin. But here's how dangerous shame can be. You can also feel shame in your life because of another person's sin. We're not going to go too far down this road, but in a, in a room this size, you may have been feeling the effects of shame. Because of someone else's sin towards you. And perhaps that's a weight you've been carrying around for a long time. That's how difficult shame is. It may not even have been anything you did, but somebody did to you. And you feel shameful. You see, that's how Satan works. He wants to keep you there. Feeling dirty and unclean. But man, the story a beautiful story. I'm so thankful that it didn't end with this guy overcome by his disease. He says, "If you're willing." And Jesus said, "I am." This next one, this next point says Jesus makes us clean. Jesus can make you clean. Child of God, if you're overwhelmed with that emotion of shame because of what you've done or what somebody has done to you, believe me this morning, Jesus can make you clean. In Mark 1:40, the guy says, if you're willing, right, heal me and make me clean. Chances are the, the person with leprosy here has not felt the touch of a human in years. But what I love about this story is that Jesus didn't just observe this guy in his disease and was repulsed. Much like society would have done, they would have ran the other way and in your shame and in your sin, many times you think, man, everybody's looking at me, they're repulsed by what I've done, they're running away. But what we see in this story is that Jesus didn't run away. He did quite the opposite. Jesus ran to the man as everybody was running away. And he did more than just run to the man, he reached out and touched him. Wow. Wow. So, not only did he say, You're the one that can heal me, you're the one that can make me clean, Jesus touched him. Can you imagine what this guy felt in that moment? And Jesus said, Be clean, I'm willing. And he healed him, not only of his disease, but of his shame. Jesus can make you clean this morning. Jesus runs to us. I want you to listen to this. Jesus runs to us in our shame. Child of God, if that's the way you feel this morning, he's coming after you. He wants you. He wants to make you clean. He wants to take your shame. How can Jesus do this? How can Jesus take our shame? How can Jesus make us Clean. I want you to write this down. If that's your question this morning, the one that really sticks out to you, you write that down. How can Jesus make me clean? I want you to write the answer. It's really simple. I want you to write the cross. Jesus makes you clean this morning because of the cross. I want you to go to Hebrews. Go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Hebrews, chapter 12. We're going to look at 1 through 3. Hebrews, chapter 12. It's going to be on the screen. You can follow along there. It says, Therefore, Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its what, church? Shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary. And give up. There is so much here in this passage of scripture. I love how it starts with equating the the journey following Jesus with that of a race. And it says we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. We've got to shed everything that so easily trips us up. The sin in our life, the shame in our life, the shame in our life trips us up. We can't move forward because we're constantly looking back. It's that rear view mirror. I know I've got to pursue Jesus, but all I'm doing is looking at the past, looking at my sin, looking at my shame. Satan wants you there because he's holding you back when you look at your shame and your sin. But, but in this verse of Scripture, it says, run the race. and You can keep running the race. You can keep moving forward if you keep your eyes on Jesus. And then it transitions into what Jesus did. It, it says, Jesus endured the cross disregarding its shame. He did all this for the joy that awaited him in heaven with his Father. He took all that for you and I. You see, Jesus knew very much what shame was. Do you believe that this morning, church? If you will, let's just go to the crucifixion story. And I encourage you to read those in the Gospels. What we do around Easter every year is, I think we we put a lot of emphasis on the physical pain that Jesus endured. And we should. It's, It's horrific. We need to understand what he did. But what I, what I don't think we do enough is I don't think we put enough emphasis on the shame that he endured. If you read the Gospels, it, it talks all about the shame that he, that he endured, and then it says he was crucified. So if, if you look at the Gospels and you look at what Jesus did in this moment leading up to his death, he was spit on, that's shameful. He was mocked, that was shameful. He was stripped naked. That's shameful. They said, look at you, king of the Jews. And they, they, they formed this crown of thorns, and they put it on his head. Shameful. They made him carry his own torture device through the city. How shameful. Not only that, they made him carry the cross, and they took him outside of the city gates. It's been said for a Jew to die outside of the holy city was the most shameful form of death they could endure. Jesus took all of it. And what scripture says in this moment is he disregarded its shame. It doesn't mean that shame wasn't there. It means that he endured it for your sake and mine. So Jesus knew all about shame. The shame that you're feeling this morning because of the sin that you committed, he died for it. Not only did he die for the sin, but he died for all the effects of the sin. Jesus says, you got shame, let me have it. I know what it is, and I died for it. Child of God, this morning, Jesus wants your shame, so you don't have to bear it anymore. When we understand that, that he died for my sin, he died for my shame, it's freeing. I can take on this race. I can keep my eyes on him because I'm not tripped up by the things that I've done any longer. He took care of it. I'm reminded of a story of a little boy who went to his grandparents' house. Anybody uh, used to go to grandparents' house for a week or two? Anybody? Anybody get in trouble when you went to grandparents' house for a week or two? I did. Well, he showed up at grandparents' house and they had him a brand new slingshot. So he goes out back, he finds some rocks, and he's learning how to shoot the slingshot, you know, find a tree or something to shoot at, and as he was learning how to accurately shoot the slingshot, Grandma's pet duck came in the backyard, and instinctively, the little boy picked up a rock, sent it at the pet duck, killed Grandma's pet duck. How many of you are heartbroken right now in the story, like, Luke, please don't continue. The little boy shot the duck, and he was like, oh no, had immediate regret for what he had done, so he takes this little duck that got shot with a rock, and he, he, he picks this duck up, and he, he, he goes over to a woodpile, and he tries to hide the evidence, what he had done. He tries to hide it, and he thought he got away with it until he turned around, and he sees his sister Sally there. She doesn't say anything. Just go on about their day. That night, they're inside eating dinner, and dinner is over. And Grandma says, "Hey, Sally, will you help me do the dishes after dinner?" And she goes, "Grandma, I, I, I think I think Johnny would be happy to help you with the dishes after dinner." She leans down to Johnny and she says, "Remember the duck." So he stands up and he goes and cleans the dishes. A day or two later, Grandpa shows up. and He's like, hey, kids, let, let's, go, let's go fishing. You want to go fishing? Grandma says, hold up, Grandpa. Uh, uh, Sally's got to help me make supper. And she goes, oh, Grandma, that's already been taken care of. Johnny would love to help you make supper. I'm going to go fishing with Grandpa. She looks down to Johnny and she goes, remember the duck. A little time goes by. And Johnny has had enough, right? He's doing his chores. He's doing everything for his sister, Sally. He's like, I've had enough. I can't take this anymore. He goes to Grandma, and he says, Grandma, I've got to come clean. I shot your pet duck. It was me. I did it. Grandma looks at Johnny. She says, I know. I was watching out the kitchen window. I saw the whole thing. But she says, I forgave you because I love you. And she gives him a hug. But this is what she says. She says, but I wondered how long you were going to be a slave to Sally. That's how our sin and how our shame works. Satan holds it over us. Satan brings it up satan keeps us captive to the shame that we feel when all along child of god listen to me when all along god is looking at you saying i love you and i have forgiven you stop being a slave to your sin we need to understand this morning if we are a victim of our past we think about what we've done And our shame just has a grip on our heart and our mind and our life, and it trips us up. This is what we need to understand, that Jesus died for it. And he can forgive you. He can free you of the shame in your life. Don't let it trip you up any longer, child of God. Let me pray for you. God, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the instruction that it brings our life. Thank you for your word and how it shows us that we don't have to be people of shame any longer. You've cleansed us. You've made us pure. You've taken our sin. You've taken our shame. And you've nailed it to the cross. We don't have to bear it anymore. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Jesus. Thank you that we can live a life free of shame. And I pray for those in this room this morning that just cannot seem to forgive themselves. I pray that they would lean on you and trust with all their heart. That even though we struggle to forgive ourselves, that you have forgiven us. Help us, God. Thank you for Jesus. We ask everything in his precious and holy name. Amen. Church, this morning, we get to have the special privilege of partaking in communion, partaking in the Lord's Supper. And it's so fitting this morning that we've examined our sin, we've examined our shame, we we know the effects that it has on our life, but we've also looked at the cross of Jesus and how in that very moment, By his broken body and by his blood poured out, we're on the receiving end of that forgiveness. And so we're reminded of what he did for us, that he took all the sin, he took all the shame and he bears it so we don't have to anymore. So what communion does for us as children of God, those that have placed our faith in Jesus, it's a reminder. It's a reminder of that day, it's a reminder of what Christ did, the sacrifice that he paid so that we wouldn't have to. So this morning I want to encourage you, if you walked in here today feeling the weight of your sin, feeling that shame, in this moment, here in just a minute. Remember and realize and understand that Christ died for you, and he died for your sin. Or maybe on this Sunday before Thanksgiving, your heart is filled with joy, and you're overwhelmed with thankfulness of what Christ did. Give thanks to him for that moment. And I want to encourage you, Mom and Dad, if you've got little ones with you this morning in service and they've not placed their faith in Jesus, take this moment to teach them what Christ did for them on the cross. How he died for you and how he can die for them as well. Or maybe this morning you brought in your, your, your friend or your neighbor and they're lost. Take this moment to share with them about the saving grace of Jesus. I want you you stand up with me, church, and here's what we're going to do. Let me give you some simple instructions. I want you to... Leave out your aisle on my right, your left, and then I want you to enter after you get the elements on the opposite side that you left. After you get the elements, I want you to go back to your seat. Remain standing. Once everybody is served, we'll lead through this together as a church. So go ahead, come forward, and get your elements, church. 1 Corinthians 11. Like this, verse 23 through 26. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord Himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So church, take the bread and eat, and as you do, think about the body of Christ that was broken. juice, drink as you do remember the blood that was poured out for your sin let's pray God we love you thank you for loving us enough to send us your son Jesus to live a perfect sinless life Than to give up that perfect life on the cross for our sin. God, thank you for his precious body that was broken. Thank you for his blood that was poured out, that literally and figuratively covers our sins, it covers our shame, makes us white as snow or those gloves in the picture. You that in Jesus we've been made clean. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name.